Hi, my name is Kieran, and welcome to the best happiness podcast in the world with the art of brilliant. I think it will change your life, and when you're brilliant, us little people stand a better chance too. I really hope you like it. If you do, please recommend it and maybe leave us a message. If you don't, please keep quiet. Mark, over to you. Hello again, and welcome to the Art of Brilliant podcast. Uh, your fortnightly pinch on the arm, kick up the bottom to remind you what an utterly brilliant person you really are. I'm your host, Mark Ford. In fact, actually, do you know what? I'm not your host for this particular podcast. You may have noticed the podcast has taken a little bit of a break, and that's because I've had to take an enforced break myself over the summer period. However, what we have got are two summer specials for you. We've got Carl Bembridge. Remember him? Chewy. Or Chewy is interviewing the doctor of happiness, Mr. Andy Cope. So here you are. Here's the first summer special. I'll see you on the other side. Hi there, folks. You're listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. My name is Carl Bembridge, or Chewy, as I'm now known at Art of Brilliance, and this is part one of our summer special, where we chat with Dr. Happy himself, Andy Cope, with the aim to discover a few simple things we can do to make sure we have an absolutely brilliant summer. So, without further ado, let's get started by saying, hello, Andy. Hello, mate. How are you? Not too bad, thank you, sir. And yourself? Well, I'm absolutely brilliant, mate. I've got a big smile on my face because um, there's customer service, mate, and there's then there's what you do, which is above customer service. So you are not only our IT web guru, you are now doing podcasts with us as well, mate. So hats <laughs> off. Hats off to you for rescuing us. Ah, it's my pleasure, sir. I'm really hoping I can do a good a job as our usual podcast guru, Mark, who's having some well-deserved time off over the summer. Uh, so, yeah, you, you're left with me today. Um, so... Andy Cope, what we're going to talk about, fella? Okay, mate. When I thought, well, bear in mind, I mean, we're recording this uh, sort of middle of July, that um, we could kind of give it a summertime tweak, because summer is great, and everybody loves the summer holidays, but actually summer's quite stressful for a lot of people as well, <laughs> particularly when you go on holiday with the, an extended family that you don't normally spend time with, and then you end up wanting to strangle people, have you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> okay, mate. Well, I really like the sound of that. So first things first, for me to have the best summer ever, I'm assuming I need a holiday somewhere. So I'm at my computer. I'm on the Thompson's website. What am I putting in the destination box? Well, I think, first of all, it's not necessarily about where you go. So I talk about, you know, it's not about how much money you spend necessarily. It is about the relationship. So if you look at the science of happiness, and remember, I've spent the best part of 11 or 12 years, 12 years now, I think, to the <laughs> longest PhD in history. Um, then it's it's largely it's about relationships and it's about people. So although you can, you know, I've struggled convincing people that if they won the lottery, that it wouldn't make a great deal of difference to their happiness, because intuitively in your head you're going, yeah, of course it would if I won £10 billion. But actually the ultimately what you would do is you'd probably feel great for about six months and then you would gravitate back to whatever you your previous level of happiness was. So if you do win the lottery and you win £10 million quid, uh, and you were miserable before you started, then what happens six months later is you just become miserable and rich but you didn't become happy and rich. And therefore, if you translate that to holidays, it's not necessarily about spending 15, 20 grand on a holiday. It's about spending time on the relationships with the people while you are on holiday. So it doesn't matter if you go to Mauritius or Whitby, 
essentially, <laughs> he says. <laughs> I'd <laughs> argue that point. Himself. Right? Exactly. Yeah, the podcast listeners are going, of course it makes a difference. Oh, my God. Uh, but particularly if you've got small kids, you, they don't care. They don't care. That all they care is that uh, they're there with you and you're, you're having a good time. So um, it's not necessarily about the destination. Having said that, if I just backtrack a little bit, there's this uh, kind of guru, Tony Robbins, who's the, the master of positivity in America. Um, and he's got a great saying. He says he's not saying. He says something like, "I'm not saying money is the answer to everything." But he says, "But it's nice to turn up to your problems in a limo." <laughs> <laughs> and there's an element of, do you know what? Yes, money will give you a sense of comfort and safety, and it's nice to be able to pay your bills. But um, it isn't going to make a great deal of difference whether you earn a million pounds or fifty grand. I promise you. That's uh, that. That's fascinating to hear that. I mean, because that's probably quite a common thing, isn't it? Is that you probably hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, if I if I didn't have a mortgage, I'd be a lot happier. Or if I yeah. had a better job, I'd be a lot happier. Well, the job one is an interesting one because I would argue that if you play to your strengths, then you would be happier. But actually it is, I mean, but then again, you know, there's this thing called the Easter, if I, I can I just go into a little bit of depth, mate? Just yeah, this, yeah let, let's do it. Let's go full science. science. There is a league table of happiness, international league table of happiness, where all the countries have taken part. And um, obviously it's not quite an exact science. Um, but Britain, I think Britain this year, we're 23rd or 27th. We're in the 20s. All right, so we're, we are, they keep telling us, the fifth richest nation on the planet. And let's say we're 27th in the Happiness League table. Wow. So, so there's something going wrong there. But, if, but having said that, if you look at the top few countries and the bottom few countries, there is most definitely the countries at the top are richer. So if I give you the, and I've done my research here, mate, cause just to make sure that we're on, on track. <laughs> in, in, in list order, the happiest country the last time this survey was done was Denmark, Switzerland, Norway, Iceland, Finland, and Canada. So they're your top six. Now, what you'll notice, they're all Northern Hemisphere, and they're all a little bit chilly. Have you noticed? They're all a bit cold, aren't they? But the bottom, um, I'm not going to do you the full bottom. You can guess some of them. But actually, Burundi. Now, Burundi, Burundi is... Right, I know you're a Derby County fan, mate. I'm a Derby County fan. You remember the 2008 season where we finished not just bottom of the league, but we were... So bottom of the league, it was embarrassing. I try not but, to remember that. Well, I've kind of blanked it as well. But Burundi are the Derby County of 2008 because not only are they bottom of the Happiness League, they are way bottom. So I don't know if anybody from Burundi wants to ring in and uh, explain why that would be. I'm, I'm sure there's some terrible things happening in Burundi. But actually, the bottom countries are much poorer and the rich and the top countries are richer. So you could argue that there is a there's sort of money differential there. But essentially, there's this thing called the Easterlin effect, which essentially says that it isn't necessarily what you earn or the richness of the country. It's how you compare yourself with the people around you. So if the UK, if we all got richer, then that wouldn't make any difference to your individual happiness because you're still comparing yourself with your next door neighbour and you're still, you've not moved in comparison. So it isn't your income level necessarily it's your it's how you think you compare with with other people um and i think that's kind of interesting technical point in the science of happiness um but i think income does make countries happier the the research does show that but if you if you're chasing money then there's a lot of other research that says that isn't going to make you happy so um if you're setting out to be wealthy or rich or famous then that actually causes you distress wow that that so i guess really the thing to do is that to focus on what you want to do and then hope that the money will f kind of follow as a consequence right? well I, I, you, you, you're just a gem to have in that seat mate because that's essentially what the art of being brilliant is without plugging yourself too much 
it's, it's our whole business philosophy. We, we've just decided to give any any profit that we do, mate. We don't make a lot, but any that we do is now ploughed into to, um, uh, community and school projects. So essentially, we set up 10, 11 years ago, and our objective was never, ever, ever to make money. It was to enjoy what we do. And the consequence of doing what we do and doing it really well and thoroughly enjoying ourselves is we accidentally have ended up being profitable so it's interesting wow. interesting way around mate and i know yeah. your businesses are similar i know that you're you know you're into web design and that kind of stuff and you love what you do and because you love what you do you're good at it and because you're good at it you attract more custom yeah um, that's a very interesting way of looking at it really isn't it um especially pointing out that there are plenty of people who are really very wealthy who are equally as miserable um and also podcast listeners you heard it here first all the profit made by art of brilliance gets pumped into its sister company brilliant communities which is putting all of its money into community and school projects um which <laughs> to be honest Annie, that's really very very nice of you so you'll have less money in your pocket but i guess the saying money can't buy happiness has got an element of truth about it well, it's a very it's a very debatable point, and um, I've you know researched well thousands of people now over the last few years, and I've lost track of the number of incredibly wealthy people that I've interviewed who've been incredibly unhappy, yeah. um, and and also vice versa. So I've also interviewed people that I would think are on the breadline who've got seriously they've got almost nothing, they've got no savings, they've got nothing, but do you know what they're happy? But what they will have, what they will tend to have, is these mental strategies in their head that keep them happy, and they will generally have very good close relationships family relationships right awesome right well that's i think that's really useful i think people that sort of perhaps not really listened to the podcast before or or people that haven't really read into our brilliance that might have sort of thought that well i just need to make more money i'll be happy might be able to sort of listen to that and hopefully come away with something well it is it is a happiness test for everybody if, if you it sounds a bit morbid but if you write a list of all the people that if they died tomorrow you would go to their funeral that's a kind of quite a morbid list but you get a list there of people who, if so, do it right now. Get, write them all down. The names of the people. If they died tomorrow, you'd go to their funeral, and then go and see them. Go and spend some time with those people because the science of happiness says they're the centre of your life. So uh, go see them. Yeah. All right. I won't write my list now because it'll take me ages, and that'll make a really yeah, dull, yeah. boring silence for us both. <laughs> um, right. Okay. So well, that, that's a good tip. I've wrote that down now. I've got money. Don't need it. I'm going to Wendy. Well, well, exactly. Go to Whitby, mate, and the other. Yes, yes. Go on, let's crack on. What else do we need to know? Right. So, what? Right. So we've we've talked about money. Secondly, what what about this sort of happiness is contagious? This viral effect of it. How's that? You know. Yeah. How well, does that the, this the is going back to the Whitby thing again. Really, is that your ha your happiness when you're happy? It's really good for your well-being. It's good for your. Um, your sanity, your creativity, your, your it, it makes you feel good. But it also, it leaks out of you and it, it has what we call a ripple effect. So it, it actually, your happiness reaches three degrees of people removed from you. So as a human being, you are we are wired to catch other people's emotions. Um, and it also, yeah, stand back, all animals do it really. So imagine if you're in on, on, a, on a safari in Africa and you're watching the, the impalas uh, heads down munching on the grass. Then one impala is spooked. And the whole herd will be disappearing into the distance. So that one kind of animal will catch this, this, this feeling of fear. And that will instantly, via emotions, transmit to fear in the whole of the herd. And they will all uh, run away. Now, humans are exactly the same. So um, what that means is, in fact, can I, once again, I don't want this to be a depressing podcast. But there was this <laughs> horrific shooting a, a, um, a while back in, in, on a beach in Tunisia. And I remember watching one of the, um, the newscasts. 
And so there's a, a complete madman on the beach shooting people randomly, which is a horrific thing. And I can remember this interview afterwards where the reporter was saying to the person, well, well, did you see anything? They said, no, 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 I didn't see anything. I was walking to the beach and there were people kind of with, with total fear on their faces. I knew something was bad and I ran with them. So it's almost like you don't have to go and experience the guy doing the shooting. You just read the faces, you read the emotion of the situation and you leg it. I mean, that's an extreme example, but all the time we're wired to catch other people's emotions. You are basically going viral. You are infectious. And I think that the, the really happy people that I've met and interviewed are conscious of that then well if I am going to pass my emotions on if there's no I've got no choice they're going to pass on anyway then actually it wouldn't be really cool to pass some really good stuff on so we point therefore it comes back to being your best self so whether you're in Whitby or not your kids will have a fantastic time so long as you are and that's such an important thing on holiday right I see so well that's that's fascinating the idea that I can sort of I can go into a room and if you know I can if I go in there being a bit of a miserable bugger I'm going to spread that on without even realizing it without anyone else even realizing it's just going to happen it's going to happen whether you want it to or not mate yeah and therefore but we're back to holidays again it only really takes one person, one miserable person, to to ruin the whole holiday. <laughs> the other way. Make sure it's not you, dear podcast listeners. Don't be the miserable one moaning. I'm now thinking back to multiple family <laughs> holidays where I can think of that <laughs> uncle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, we're viral. We're viral creatures. We are designed to catch each other's emotions. So, uh, and that works what, both ways. What are you spreading? What are you spreading is an interesting yeah. question. Okay. So I've got that down as well now. A great way to make sure that the people I'm with are happy is to be happy myself and to make sure that I'm not the one being miserable. Um, I think I think I can manage that. We're kind of, we are turning this into an advertisement for Whitby holidays. But, you know, kind of, mum and dad have told me I'm going away. I was expecting Disneyland. They've told me Whitby. We're in the car. <laughs> Four-hour trip. <laughs> I'm not feeling the best. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so you're gutted aren't you yeah i am yeah. you know i was expecting mickey mouse in 12 hours and now i've got you know no car parking and lots of fish and chips so you know how do i how do i change my thinking here mate what do i do <laughs> so the science falls down because <laughs> i'm with you <laughs> okay we'll try and rescue the situation yeah. i think gratitude gratitude mate is my uh, is my fallback position on that if you um if you were to list the top 10 uh, sort of things that you're grateful for but you take for granted then um what you'll find is well I, once again i'd ask the listeners to do that if you get a pen and paper and write down 10 things that you're really grateful for but you take for granted chances are if i was going to second guess i would say that um Health might be on there. People might be on there, um, but they and some weird stuff creeps in. I can always remember once some bloke put tinned salmon on his list just just above his wife and kids. But <laughs> I mean, he was a bit odd. But but it, it's like things like uh, you know going on holiday and uh, you know having food in your tum and having running water and fast internet connection, mate. Fast internet connection. Yeah, yeah, we're experiencing that right now. So. <laughs> Um, and I think it's that kind of uh, just be grateful for what you have got. Some people don't go on holiday at all, and I think you know going to Whitby. Whitby's fantastic anyway, but you know you could be staying in a travel lodge on the on the, on the A one, which I've done several times. And I, t- I tell you what, Whitby's a whole lot better than that. And can I give you on a very very serious note, mate? I did um, a session on a Saturday morning for a newly formed group of um, 
deaf women in Derbyshire. Right? And right. I'm from Derby, you're from Derby. So I did it as a, you know, as a, because it's a home county thing. And it's obviously quite an interesting gig to do because, um, because he can't hear you, all right? Now, so it's awkward as a, as a presenter. It's yeah, a kind of imagine. presents you some challenges. I'm not going into the kind of details of all that, but there was this lady sitting in the front row, smiling like a bloody Cheshire cat all the way through. And she was, you know, she was deaf. She had this uh, T-shirt on emblazoned with... Um, Stay positive, it said. Stay positive. And we had a selfie at the end. So she came to me with a camera. We had this selfie. And I said to her, you know, you know, must, being deaf, you know, it must be a real challenge. She said, you know what, Andy? She says, I don't mind being deaf. It's my brain tumour that's given me more cause for concern. And I think, do you know what? Here's me. I was grumbling in my head about having to give up my Saturday to go and talk to those ladies. Perspective. Yeah. Wow. Perspective, mate. Ah, uh, wow. Um, yeah, that that really does put things into perspective, doesn't it? Um, I th- I think it's very easy, for, you know, for you and me to for us to have a bad day and to think it's the end of the world. You know, Derby have lost again or something like that. Um, but in reality, when you hear something like that, it really does. It makes you realise that things could be a lot worse. It could be a whole lot worse, mate. Just be grateful and just get yeah. a perspective. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, well, I'm so okay. I'm sitting in the car. Wasn't very happy. Sorry, it's not very happy, is it? But uh, well, no, because you know what? That's the reality of the situation. That's the world we're in, um, and it's taking what you have got and making the best of of, of what you have got. Yeah. No, I'll take that. You know, I'm starting to feel. I'm sat in the car. I'm starting to feel a bit better now about Whitby. You know, right. <laughs> can, we, can we finish with one last one because I don't want this to go on too long right? I, I appreciate you, you, you're a busy man the last call for Whitby right? is I've just read some research that suggests that the weather has an impact on your happiness <laughs> and there's a particular temperature God knows who worked this out 57 degrees mate is the happiest temperature now, so let's, that's not eighty. It's not eighty-five. It's not ninety. I don't know what that is in the in the new in the new fangled or old fangled language. I know eighty-two is twenty-eight, but I don't know what fifty-seven is in in whatever's. Anyway, fifty-seven degrees F. I think it is is right. the happiest temperature. Now, if that's not Whitby all over, then I don't know what is. So actually, going to Spain and baking on the beach in eighty-five degrees is not, according to this happiness research at least, um, going to do you any favours. Just right. saying. Just saying. <laughs> do you know what? That's actually quite relevant to the last few days we've had. Because <laughs> do you know what? I've, I know so many people who've been saying literally for the last few weeks, when's summer going to arrive? And this, 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 this girl I know who lives around the corner from me. And on Tuesdays, you know, it's the hottest day of the year we've had. I saw her and she said, it's, I said, it's arrived. And she goes, I didn't want it to arrive all at once. <laughs> We need to do another podcast on how to quit moaning. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and we can um, we can perhaps save that one for winter when we're probably going to need it, um, need it a bit more then. Right, it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. We'll cut this one here, and we'll do. Can we do part two on how to have the best summer ever? I'd love to, mate. Yeah, I'd love to. Okay. All right, see you well, later. See you in part two, fella. Which is also where we will see you, podcast listeners. We hope you've enjoyed part one of the Art of Brilliant Summer Special podcast. We've talked with Andy Cope about how money can make things easier, but ultimately isn't the key to happiness. How happiness and positivity are infectious, and how making more effort to be grateful for what you've got can make a big difference to your happiness. And lastly, that scientists have somehow proved that 57 degrees Fahrenheit is the ideal temperature for us human beings. So really, it doesn't matter where you go on holiday. Make sure you act positive and happy around your family and your friends, which will make them happy. 
be grateful for where you are and who you're with. And lastly, that baking in 90 degrees over in the Bahamas probably isn't as nice as a bit of sun on the beach at Whitby. Hopefully these are a few things you can take on board with you during the summer or if you're going away, all with the aim to make you live a more brilliant life. And we leave you on that. I'll be back with Andy Cope for part two next week where we talk about masturbating. We ask can planning a holiday be more fun than actually going on it? And we also learn about the mysterious 532 theory. Have a brilliant week and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Art Brilliant podcast. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Art of Brilliance or visit the website www.artofbrilliance.co.uk for lots of brilliant stuff that will make you more awesome than you already are. See you soon.